And technology is a wonderful thing. It makes our lives easier when, when, it, when it works. Uh, and so we did a little technical change around. Now we have a great connection with Rob West talking about spending plans, not mm, mm, that other thing. No. That's right. Hey, thanks for... It's uh, great to be with you, Seth and Deb. Yeah, absolutely. So what I was saying was, you know, that budget word, B word, sounds so constricting, but yeah, yeah we all want a plan and we need one, right? Yes. Because if if the way we handle money is the clearest indicator into what's going on in our lives spiritually and what we value, then the way we allocate God's money is really important. It's a tool to accomplish God's purposes. We're to give generously and, and yeah, we're to provide for our families. God also says in in his word, we're to enjoy what he's given us. You know, money is one of his uh, creations. Right. So we're to use it appropriately. And having that spending plan, giving every dollar a name, if you will, is critical to making sure it doesn't slip through your hands into something you perhaps didn't intend it to. And so this is a great time, especially as we start a new year and, you know, we're coming off of high inflation. We still have it in many respects. But, you know, think about this. I mean, two years ago, inflation was at 9%. Now we're down under four, but remember, inflation is cumulative, right? So it doesn't mean we don't have that night where this 4% this year is on top of the 9% two years ago. And the, the four plus percent last year. And so everything is more expensive, which means it's time to really go back and dial into that spending plan. You've got to purpose yourself to do it. And there really are some steps to get it done. So describe for us some of those steps that, you know, especially I'm thinking about how much are we spending in this area? How do we determine that at this point? Yeah. Well, it's really important that you start there, Deb. It's a great point. You've got to figure out what am I spending today? and really use that as a baseline, compare that to your income. And what you may find is you're actually spending beyond your means. And that's why we're seeing credit card debt at record levels right now. Unfortunately, we went past $1 trillion with a T owed on credit cards, which is just obviously really concerning. You put that on top of the fact the average credit card debt, or excuse me, the average credit card interest rate is now over 20%. It's on average 22%. That just creates a real squeeze on the family. So what we need to, yeah, it's really challenging. So we've got to figure out where are we today, get an accurate accounting, honestly, of where you're at. And that includes not only those things you get a bill for, what I call, uh, you know, the budgeted items or the scheduled items, but also those discretionary items, the things you don't get a bill for. So that might be eating out or, you know, restocking your clothing budget or going out and enjoying some entertainment. But we've got to get all of that into the budget. And we have to add those things that are non-recurring. So you may have a semi-annual insurance payment or an HOA uh, uh, you know, fee that comes out only twice or once a year. And so we've got to get one twelfth of that in the budget. What about Christmas? That happens once a year. But if we plan for it all year, we can actually pay for it with cash. So once we get all that in, we can get an honest picture of where are we with income versus expenses. And of course, we've got to then do the hard work to start dialing things back, making those cuts so that not only do we match them, but we're actually living on less than we earn because that cushion or that margin 
is what we're going to use to accomplish our goals. Whether that's increasing your giving or paying down your debt or saving for the future, you can't do that without margin. So we get an accurate accounting of the expenses, we go to work on cutting, and we get the budget that has the margin built in that truly reflects our values. Then finally, we need a a control system, if you will. And that's where the FaithFi app can come in. We built it for this purpose. It's simple to use. It's beautiful. There's a smartphone interface or a web application. You can download it on our website, faithfi.com. Just click on app. It's built on Larry Burkett's envelope system. And I think that's the best way Mm. because when you have that envelope approach, whether that's a digital version or an actual envelope, which a lot of listeners to Faith and Finance still use, which is great if it works for you, you know, it actually helps you curb your spending during the month. You know, it's really not helpful if you get to the end of the month and then you look back and say, well, I blew that one. Well, I missed that one. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've got to be able mid-month to say, wait a minute, I'm out of money in the eating out fund, so we're done. You know, we're eating at home for the rest of the month and we'll try again next month. But unless we have that system in place, we can't make those changes. And that's the difficult part, isn't it? The self-discipline to say, okay, the discretionary spending, you know, the a little extra jingle jangle in the pocket, that's done with. We've yeah. spent that, and now we have to just, you know, cut back and stay at home. That that is a discipline and a and a it's difficult to do. It is brutally difficult sometimes because our emotions get in the way. Yeah, that's exactly right. It sounds simple. It's not. And that's why we have to have a plan and we have to have accountability. And so if if you're single, great. You know, have some accountability in your life uh, that can help you keep on track. If you're married, this is where I think a money date can come in at least mm-hmm. once a month, if not a couple of times a month where you're sitting down. And this is not a time for finger pointing. This is a time right. to say, hey, how are we doing? Let's look at the budget. Where yep. do we need to make course corrections? And where do we need to make changes? And, you know, let's work on it together and actually get to the end of the month and not be upside down. Rob, another thing that uh, really shocked me is in the news they had a statistic that 49% of people don't even have enough saved up for a $1,000 emergency. Yeah. yeah and yeah. we all know how quickly a $1,000 emergency can happen in yeah. our lives. So how important is it to be putting money into a fund for emergencies? It's critical, Deb. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, You're exactly right. The statistics are alarming. And what we say is you need three to six months expenses in your emergency fund to cover the truly unexpected. So this is not replacing tires that we knew were going to need to be replaced. This is things coming out of left field. I lost a job or had a perfectly good appliance that is not at the end of its useful life and it just died on me, you know? And so these are the unexpected things. If we don't have that emergency fund, fund, those are going to go on credit cards and we're going to pay a fortune for them. So how do we do that? Because that's, again, easier said than done. And the way to do it is to, again, start with the budget, dial back your spending, look for areas to cut. I can tell you the food category is probably the low-hanging fruit opportunity for you to free up margin because it's so expensive these days. Um, And and once you do that, then I would say automate your savings. What do I mean by that? Well, let's say you can only free up $50 a month. Well, that's fine. Set up an automatic transfer to a separate savings account every month so it comes right out like a bill, and you'll be surprised in no time how you build that emergency fund up. 
You know, and that's probably one of the best pieces of advice because when you have it done automatically, you're not thinking about it and you can't argue with it. It happens. You look at it and go, okay, it happened. You move on and you, and you, I hate to use the phrase, you deal with it, but that is absolutely true. If it's automatically $100 or $50 goes into the savings or whatever account, it's done and it becomes, you become acclimated to it much easier. And you yeah, don't get and it you'll away. see yourself making some progress, yep. and then when you get that sense of okay, wait a minute, I'm actually doing this, it actually gives you some encouragement to then go back to the budget and look even harder because yep. that feels good to have that going into that <laughs> savings. So we want more of that, right? Yeah. And so how else can we cut, and what can we do? And then maybe you get the kids involved and actually, you know, say, listen, kids, how are we going to do this together? Uh, you know, we gave our kids the eating out portion of our budget one month. And just said, hey, it's up to you guys. Here's the number, and oh. you guys figure it out. And it was so much fun to watch them sit around the kitchen table, and they were, like, negotiating with each other, like, mm-hmm. okay, we want to go here after church. Well, if we do that, we can't go there on Friday night. And it was, you know, it was really fun, but they learned the lesson that resources are limited. <laughs> you know, they were looking at what things cost. They were even shocked in some cases <laughs> at what things cost. And it was an important lesson. Chicken nuggets for everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You can't do that too long because your waistline will uh, pay for it, but yeah. Oh, I think these are some great strategies for getting started this year, but sometimes we start the year discouraged Mm. because we have these debts that we really feel pressured to pay, but we don't know if we can. The interest rates are so astronomically high. So would you give some hope to those this morning that are starting the year off saying, I I feel like I'm too deep in the hole. Can they get out of it? Oh, absolutely. And and I know that pressure is real, Deb. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, folks, you can do this. And it does start with just taking an honest look at where you stand today. You know, so often we get in these holes, and it's not just financially, but let's focus on that for a second. We get in a financial hole. We don't know how we're going to get out. So we start ignoring it. And the bills come in and we don't even open them. We just stick them in a drawer and just kind of pretend they're not there. And so right. the starting point is to say, let's deal with with reality. Where are we at? Get a piece of paper out and just get an accounting of what are my assets and li- my liabilities. And for those liabilities, those debts, let's let's name each one. What is the name of the creditor? How much do I owe? What's the interest rate? And that's the starting point. And then let's try to at least make the minimums. Now, if you have more than $4,000 in credit card debt, I recommend what's called debt management. Now, that's not debt consolidation where you're getting a new loan to pay it off. It's not debt settlement where you stop paying it, trash your credit, and hope somebody can negotiate a lower payoff. Mm-hmm. Debt management is where you go into a credit counseling program. It sounds you know, difficult. It's not. Uh, basically, every creditor has a lower interest rate that they'll offer if you work through a nonprofit credit counseling agency. And that combination of one level monthly payment with that drastic reduction in interest will let you pay it off on average 80% faster. Yeah. Um, so I'd reach out to my friends at ChristianCreditCounselors.org. They've worked with hundreds and hundreds of our listeners. Again, ChristianCreditCounselors.org. As you might imagine, they're busier than ever, unfortunately, but they're helping a lot of people. Yes, they're yeah. all believers there, and they'll work with you to get a plan. And I can promise once you have a plan... Oh, it'll take that pressure off because you'll know, even though you're not there yet, you're working toward a goal. 
and it takes that stress mm-hmm. off. Yeah, it's great. One thing I realized when uh, doing financial stuff for clients is that if they did settle, if they did do a settlement, let's say they owed $10,000 in credit card debt yeah. and the card company said, okay, we'll settle it for 5000 you yeah. have to report that other 5000 as income. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're actually going to get a 1099 yeah. from that creditor, and and you get taxed on that. And yeah, that's exactly right. You know, you, you're you're thinking, okay, I've I've solved the problem. Then Uncle Sam comes along, and goes, yeah, well, not quite. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it'll be noted on your credit report that yep. you settled as well, which is another ding on it. So yep. yeah, I would use the debt management approach. We've found it to be really effective. Yep, absolutely. So Rob, is it okay to put money in a celebration fund for like celebrate when you're <laughs> when you're debt free. You know, you say that and it's so true. I think it's critical, Deb, because unless you celebrate along the way, and it doesn't have to be anything elaborate, but just recognizing, look, we look what we accomplished. Yes, yeah. And I like the idea of setting smaller incremental goals that you can celebrate along the way, because that's the kind of thing that will keep you going. Yep. You know, it's it's precisely why we hear so much about this the debt snowball. You know, there's two approaches to paying off debt. And by the way, if you have less than 4000 in credit card debt, I would snowball it. And here's what I mean by that. So the debt snowball says that I take all my credit cards and I line them up smallest to largest balance, uh, not largest to smallest interest rate like you would think you would pay them off. And the reason is that, you know, if you have you start with the one with the smallest balance, let's say it's 300 bucks and you've freed up $100 a month from your budget. Well, three months later, that one's paid off Mm -hmm. and you celebrate that. And that gives you then the encouragement to keep going. And the debt management plan or the debt payoff plan that is the best is the one that you'll actually finish. And that's where the data yeah. says the snowball approach. And that really fits in with what you're talking about related to celebration. Yep. And good. you see results and it gives you in, it gives you momentum to keep going. It's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That's right. Yeah. All good stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. <laughs> And hey, let me he- mention one thing around variable incomes just real quick because okay. this really trips people up. And that's this idea that, you know, if you don't get a standard monthly paycheck, like a W-2 paycheck, maybe you're self-employed or you own your own business, uh, try to work on the average monthly income for the last six months. Right. Draw up your estimated budget on that number. And then as your income varies, you save the excess in the months where you earn more. You'll build up a surplus. And we're going to try to kind of smooth out that amount coming into your family budget. That's so important. Yep. Really, really good stuff, Rob. Thank you very, very much for your insight. Thanks for taking some time. Uh, And we, we appreciate you, man. Well, appreciate you guys. By the way, if you want to check out the Faith Fi app, folks, head to our website, faithfi.com. Just click app. And Seth and Deb, great to meet you.